I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. Until now, America's curiosity about rugby has been pretty much on a par with its knowledge. But this could change with the advent of Invictus. One of the things we learn about that bone-crunching sport comes in the form of a joke. Soccer is a gentleman's game played by hooligans, while rugby is a hooligan's game played by gentlemen. Clint Eastwood's new movie is an inspirational game played by Morgan Freeman as Nelson Mandela and Matt Damon as the captain of a South African rugby team. It's also a win-win situation in which a mainstream feature works equally well as entertainment and a quite accurate history lesson about a remarkable convergence of sports and statesmanship. The time is 1995. Nelson Mandela, a free man after 27 years in prison, has just become president of a post-apartheid South Africa that's still in racial turmoil. To help unify the nation, Mandela embraces the most unlikely of popular causes, a team called the Springboks that's been a symbol of white supremacy. Morgan Freeman playing Mandela is the convergence of a great actor and a great character. Beyond the warmth, the humor, and the phenomenally accurate vocal rhythms, Freeman embodies Mandela's quiet moral authority and his capacity for forgiveness. The direction and the filmmaking as a whole are undistinguished at best, but the remarkable thing about Invictus, apart from the fact that it got made, thanks to Eastwood and Freeman, is that its substance so completely transcends its technique. The story uses the president's new squad of bodyguards as a microcosm of South African society. Black and white, they are not a congenial group. And the device is a good one. To watch this Mandela moving through crowds that may love him or loathe him is to sense the danger he lived with. Though we know he wasn't assassinated, the spectacle of a black president in public places has an eerie resonance. And to understand the state of grace he continues to live in. Peter Jackson's The Lovely Bones was adapted from Alice Siebold's widely admired novel. The movie, like the book, is partly set in an in-between that occupies an ethereal space between heaven and earth. It's the vantage point from which the young heroine watches over her family after her death at the hands of a monstrous pervert. I watch the film in an agitated space between engrossed and aghast. Engrossed because there's much to admire, mainly several fine performances. Cersei Ronan as Susie, the innocent victim. Stanley Tucci as Susie's killer, a diabolical machine doing a convincing impersonation of a human being. Mark Wahlberg as her father and Rachel Weisz as her mother. But aghast because of the problem of that in-between and the digital magic that does the movie in. If the Reader's Digest did music videos, they might look like this. The screen swirls with surreal images, giant ships and giant bottles, fields of daisies, butterflies, cute dogs, cherry blossoms, Aobab trees out of the little prince, a hot air balloon, ice sculptures, snow-covered mountains, a gazebo in a lake, the same gazebo in a cornfield, the same cornfield lighted by a lighthouse. By the time Susie finally ascended to the highest realm, I was not only aghast but so exhausted by her ecstatic experiences that I heard, as if touched by magic myself, those deathless lyrics from Talking Heads. Heaven is a place where nothing ever happens. I'm Joe Morgenstern. I'll be back on KCRW next week with more reviews.